Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming up this week, we have a lot to talk about. Disney has tightened its mandate on masks in the parks. Former Disneyland president Michael Colglazer is getting shot into space, apparently. Uh, Disney's permanently closing some attractions, and that is just the beginning. Uh, From the Bob Barley studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Diz Unplugged. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel. Let the experts at Dreams Unlimited Travel help you plan your next Disney vacation. Dreams agents are committed to giving you honest and unbiased advice and helping you plan a magical vacation your family will remember for years. Visit us on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. And by Magic Candle Company. Magic Candle is the leader in theme park-inspired candles, wax melts, fragrance oils, and much more. Bring a little bit of the magic into your home with Magic Candles. Use code DisneyInfo at checkout and receive 15% off your order every time. That's MagicCandleCompany.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 1088. Can't believe it's 1088. uh, Of the Diz Unplugged for the week of July 20th, 2020, or July 21st, 2020. It's going to be one of those shows. I can feel it already. Um, Coming to you live from the Bob Farley Studio in Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined this week via Skype by my good friends, Denny Sunderly. Hey there. Jackie Gailey. Hi, guys. Rhino Clavin. Hello. And our producer, Mr. Craig Williams. Ahoy, ahoy. Well, welcome to the show, folks. Hope your week is off to a good start. Um, I am really hoping we all get through this show intact because the weather is looking pretty pretty nasty it got very dark here uh in the last uh last 20 minutes and i know these guys are dealing with it so i'm just giving you a heads up um on that like i said we got a lot to talk about today um you know i was mentioning to these guys that it's either feast or famine with these shows either we have no news stories or we have a week like this where i've got six I couldn't choose from, and so I'm like, all right, we'll just do them all. Um, and I'm not going to do these in any particular order, um, just the order I have them in front of me here. So let's start off with Disney announcing the permanent closure of Primeval World, Rivers of Light, and Stitch's Great Escape. Let me start out by asking my team, is anyone upset? No. I, I don't know about upset. I'm a little surprised, especially with Rivers of Light and um, the yeah. news. You know, the new stadium, I love that stadium, but you are shoulder to shoulder in that stadium. It's it's stadium style seating, so you're on long benches and things, but um, they've got to use that for something, I would think. I don't mind Primeval World. I don't. I think I'm the only one in my extended family who does not, and Stitches, we, we knew. We could hear the death knell for that coming, so. <laughs> well... Here's the thing is I'm usually pretty good at being able to define what the business reason is for some decisions. Um, if the social distancing was the issue with rivers of light, they wouldn't have announced it as a permanent closure. Um, that that's the telling thing. Stitch's great escape. It was quote unquote seasonal. Anyway, uh, primeval world. Let's be honest. That entire area of Animal Kingdom was purchased off the shelf. Those were not imagineered rides uh, in that area. That's a that's an off the shelf whatever type of ride it is. It's a whiplash whiplash inducing <laughs> torture device. Um, <laughs> so, but Rivers of Light was telling. Think you know because let's let's think about it. They spent a lot of time and a lot of money getting that show right. Remember. How di- how it didn't work, right? When they first yeah. got ready to do it, it didn't work. They, Imagineering had to basically reinvent gravity to make this attraction work. Um, and so now they're closing it permanently. That's the I'm one shocked. that. Well, also that's the one that makes. 
Go ahead, go ahead, Rana. Sorry, I was going to say the social distancing thing. I don't know if that completely makes sense to me because the Fantasmic is still not permanently closed either. And if you were going to say, well, we're not going to do it anymore because the park hours have adjusted, so it's not going to be late enough at all for the foreseeable future to do it. Why wouldn't you just do what they've been doing with Stitch's Great Escape and just claim it's seasonal to leave it as an option instead of just admitting that, hey, this is never coming back? Well, I... Okay, so... Sorry. Okay, Craig. I, I was just yeah. going to say, I think this is a huge step forward for Disney with Rivers of Light because I know there are fans of that show out there, but it's not a good show. It is. It was their weakest nighttime show that they had. Even after all the retooling and everything they did, it still wasn't. I didn't believe it lived up to what makes a great Disney nighttime show. So the fact that they can use whatever reasons they want. They're not even giving a reason necessarily, but they can say whatever they want from it. But either way, it's they decide to to shut it down and just completely eliminate it. I think that's actually a big step forward saying, you know what, if something's not working, let's let's start making changes, especially right now when the parks need, you know, they, they could use every little bit of help that they can get in terms of moving forward with with everything uh, happening so get get rid of the stuff i that's think not that I, I i don't think that's the, the rationale behind this at all i don't think that's the rationale that is way too short-sighted knowing having watched them the way i have over the years uh this is a precursor okay um let's stop and think about it stop and think about the fact what was the quote how many millions of dollars a day have they lost uh, since they closed, it was like thirty million a day or something like that, something some ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. Um, but um, remember, we're dealing with a publicly traded company that has to do business on the stock exchange. They're they're answerable to their shareholders first. Um, so I think what they did was they did this first round of things that they are permanently cutting to kind of soften the ground mm. so let's cut two that nobody really cares about at all primeval whirl and stitches great escape and one that's a bit bigger and setting the tone for what's to come i think we're going to see more i yeah. think we're going to see more and it's not going to have to do with safety it's going to have to do with scaling back the size of the, the the size of the parks, the the amount of money the parks cost to run. If we thought we saw scalebacks and cutbacks as a result of the overruns in Shanghai, gird your loins because it's going to get ugly as the next two or three years goes on. Because that's the minimum amount of time it's going to take them to really recoup what they've lost, and that's what this is about. In my opinion, this is not about anything else. If this was COVID-related, if this was about what's going on right now, these would have been temporary closures. They would have, like everything else that's been temporarily closed for safety reasons. There's a reason they said permanently closed. And I think we are going to see, we are going to see more of this. Um, the question is, what gets cut? Because you have to remember, not only have they lost all this money, right? They also are spending all this money getting ready for the 50th next year. Mm -hmm. And so, there, you know, it's, it's something's, something's got to give. Something's got to give. Um, I don't think they're going to do a price increase just yet, but I think we will see that by the end of the year. Or early next year, we will see another price increase in tickets. Um, I think we're, now with the dining plan gone, I think we are definitely going to see significant increases in the price of food. I think we're going to see increases in the price of merchandise. I think we're going to see major attractions taken offline permanently. I think we're going to see a lot of things cut. I think that's what's coming. Because as a publicly traded business, I'm not really sure what else they can do. I'm not sure what else they can do. Anybody disagree or think something no, else? I was going to say, um, from my time working at Disney, you know, 
there's a lot of people who think about the attraction and how many people go through the attraction, but I think about like the backlot tour. Okay. That was, that was around way beyond its expiration date. And I kept thinking the amount of money it took every day because in the water tank alone, the cannons were never working correctly, but they had us keep doing the show without it. And then they keep fixing it and it never was a permanent fix. And the same with like primeval world. I felt like lately of late, that was more often closed than it was open. And I know that that, attraction already claimed cast member life before and stuff and so i think we are going to see this wave of attractions that require too much maintenance being closed permanently like you said that anything that's going to be kind of giving any sort of trouble that isn't a major people eater you know is is going to be gone no matter what it is whether it'll be just for a while or forever okay using using that then as our yardstick what do you think's next that's the hard part with this, I'm going to speak. I'll I'll speak heresy. I will speak heresy. If we're talking about something that breaks down all the time, that uh, does not eat the number of people that they needed to eat, I'll speak heresy. I would be devastated if this happened. Carousel of Progress. I was thinking Country Bear Jamboree, too, because I was thinking it's not a massive people eater, but it probably requires some sort of maintenance with the animatronics pretty heavily. But it, but it is it's hard with marquee attractions like or, you know, uh, uh, legacy attractions like that. But See, they had no is... trouble doing it to Mr. Toad. They had no trouble showing him the door. That blew my <laughs> mind when they did that. So I want to just say in terms of the couple days that I spent at Magic Kingdom, though, like. The problem, we don't know what they're going to do after after the social distancing stuff is is kind of out of the way in terms of of what's happening at the parks right now. But uh, I the couple times that I've been on Carousel of Progress, Country Bear Jamboree, and even something like the Tiki Room, because of the social distancing efforts, every show like during midday at the peak time is showing to pretty much completely filled houses because of all the efforts in place. So it's even something, even something like those shows, I feel like they're right now they are serving a purpose. So when answering this question, it's what's, what isn't serving a purpose right now. And I think, you know, announcing the closures of the three that they did, those weren't, those weren't having any impact on guests because they weren't working anyways. Something I think we should be concerned about is that the people mover has not worked now since the parks closed down and it's starting to get really dicey on that. And I think people would lose Mm -hmm. their minds, but when this thing's breaking down all the time, when, at what point do you start saying Mm -hmm. like, okay, well it's just breaking down too much. We've got to, we've got to pull the plug and just get rid of it. I think, I think we really have to start looking at, it's situations like that, which is scary. And, you know, we know we know for the time being right now, Spaceship Earth is safe, probably even longer than we expected. So I don't see them pulling that at any point in time. They removed that from the Epcot Experience video. So Spaceship Earth in its current form is going to be running for the time being. We already know that we pretty much got the cut of Mary Poppins since that was also removed from the video. So... Uh, it's, I think it really is next start. Look at what's not actually working right now and what is the least popular attractions right now that they can operate without while the park. I'll take, I'll, I'll take journey into imagination. Yeah. For a thousand. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. Um, come on, come on. Yeah. yeah. No question. Um, no. You know, but what, you, know, living with the, you know, living with the land, living with the land would get cut uh, on that, uh, on, on that basis as well. I mean, what does it cost them to maintain that? What does it cost them to maintain that? It, it's, I mean, it's scary because when you stop and think about it, you know, some, some of these attractions are luxuries, uh, for them in a, in a booming economy, right? doesn't matter because they're making plenty of money and, you know, but at some point now, but now it's like, you know, we've all had to make these decisions in our own households with COVID-19. We've had to cut back. We've had to, I know I have, um, you know, what do I really need? And I think, you know, Disney is doing that same thing right now. They're sitting at their kitchen table, that, which is made out of gold. And they're, <laughs> they're asking, what is it? What is it do we need to cut here to make this more, you know, they're not going to be, you know, if they let right now they're operating on 10% capacity. 
you know, they're not going to be profitable at 10% capacity. Right. But I think they're asking themselves the question probably, can we be profitable at 50%? And if if that's the if that's the standard, how much gets cut? Mm-hmm. You know, we were complaining about the citizens of Hollywood getting cut. Well, then be burned at the stake. <laughs> but uh, 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 you know, using in in, in this situation, yeah, um, it's not we're going to see, see it. And I think just you know, I hope I'm wrong. I'm not, but I hope I'm wrong. And I, but I, I think this is the only place they can go. I think this is the only direction that that they can go. Now, while we're speaking about COVID nineteen and uh, things like that, uh, how do we feel about the tightened mandate around mask wearing? You are now not allowed to walk around eating and drinking because that's what apparently what people have been doing is an excuse to take off their masks or not wear their masks is walking around the parks, holding a drink or holding something to eat. And so now Disney's saying, Nope, Nope, you can't do that. You got to be stationary. Um, and you got to have your, and, and you can't be, when you're walking around, you have to have your mask on. Um, I, I- I was going to say, I think when you're stationary too, it gives somebody who's extra, you know, precautious about that sort of stuff. It gives them the ability to see the person from a distance without the mask on and be like, okay, I can change my route and not have to worry about like colliding with this person or, or getting into their space or anything like that. But I, I, I mean, it makes me feel a lot better knowing that, okay, there's another step that they say, okay, well, we noticed a flaw in the system. And so we're going to tighten that up. And it makes me feel that extra, like, okay, good. They're paying attention. And they're responding to feedback and they're, you know, trying to be better about it, which makes me feel a little safer. Yeah, Yeah, for for me, when uh, just being in the parks, the lion's share of the people, I was kind of I had an eye out. I was I was looking to see how many instances of this I would see, how many people had the mask completely down or off or whatever um, as they were eating a snack or drinking a drink. And for the most part, that initial day in the Magic Kingdom it was really, um, actually, it was my second time in the Magic Kingdom. It was, you know, I, I watched a mom and her kiddo go and buy a Mickey ice cream sandwich, and they went and found a seat. They sat down, then they removed masks, then they ate. And for the most part, that's what people were doing. For me, I am excited about this, mainly for Epcot. I mean, for the for the festivals, for the taste and food and wine that's going on, I love the fact that we need to go find a place and light for a minute if we want to have a little snack. It's got to be removed from the you know mainstream flow of traffic and and then you can sit down and enjoy something I, or, or stand still and enjoy something. I, I'm absolutely for that. The place where I, I really want to see it um, implemented the most is Disney Springs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was there the other night again, and it, uh, you have so many people who are disregarding the face mask policy there, and they get through that temperature check. And yep, I've got my face mask on, but they've, they're drinking a little Starbucks or, mm-hmm. and so the mask is gone or, or they're just not wearing it at all. So it'll be interesting. I looked the other evening to see if the sandwich board signs that we've been seeing pictures of, um, on, on social media that are out in the parks right now for people, just to remind people of this new policy. I did not see any of those at Disney Springs. It could be just that it wasn't from point A to point B that I was going to, but I would love to see that implemented at, at Disney Springs. Okay. So, you know, we said, you know, for months prior to the parks reopening, you know, I said, well, this is ultimately going to come down to, and if you're hearing something really loud, it is the torrential downpour (laughs) that is happening uh, here right now. Um, We said it was really going to come down to how well were they going to enforce this? Because we know that Disney is not great at confronting their guests. Um, And I think we're starting to see an answer, at least in Disney Springs. And the result of that is going to be very simple. Be very, very simple. A headline on CNN. Massive COVID outbreak at Disney World. And then they thought they had problems before. 
what's going to happen if that narrative gets out? What's going to happen? They're going to be in a position, politically in a position, they're going to have to shut the parks down again. So not, and again, you know, it sucks because you put the cast member in that position. Yeah. The cast member has to be the one confronting. And we see how angry and violent some people get with this. And so I don't blame the cast members. I don't blame the cast members. But you know what? That's what's coming next. We're going to have, I'm going to be sitting here doing a show. And we're going to be talking about the massive outbreak that happened at Disney World. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want that to happen. I do believe it is possible to reopen the economy and take precautions, safety precautions and common sense measures. I think those two things can, can live together, but they have to live together. And if they don't, it's not going to work. And we're seeing that right now, at least in this state, I won't speak for anybody else's state, but I will speak for Florida. It's an absolute, I can't say the, what I want to say, crap show. It's an absolute crap show, breaking records of new infections every day, death rate rising every day. Why? We reopen too soon and people won't follow the guidelines. That's what (laughs) I'm scared of is at Disney. I'm scared of the, you know, when I went, I went to Disney Springs in the evening and then I went to Magic Kingdom in the daytime. And that experience that I had at Disney Springs really left me questioning whether or not I even wanted to go into the Magic Kingdom that next day. I wanted to go really bad, but because our experience at Disney Springs was just people, you know, wandering around with a drink, just didn't have masks on hanging by the by the loop off of their ear. And I thought, well, gosh, you know, how, if, pe- if there's so many people not doing what they're supposed to do, how are they going to have enough cast members to say something to these people and when we're dealing with things like at Publix, they have arrows where you can only go one way in a grocery store aisle and people go the wrong way. And then someone says something to them and the person gets so mad and it's like a fight. And well, this is why know? I have decided this is why I'm staying home. Yeah. Um, I've not been back in the parks. I have not been back in the parks, uh, not just for the fact that I'm in a high risk group, uh, for COVID, but if I have to choose between being able to see my mother and going into the magic kingdom. Okay. That's an easy one. That's an easy one. I want to make sure I can see her, you know, we'll, we'll have coffee once or twice a week. She'll come over. And I got to go over there today and help her with something. I want to be able to do that and know that I'm not bringing anything to her. Yeah. So fine. I will stay home. I'm blessed that I have this job that I can do my job from here, but I will stay here and that's, I will not risk it. I will not risk it. Um, and, uh, so I don't, I don't blame anybody for not going to the parks. I don't, I, I don't blame anybody for not getting on an airplane right now. Yeah. Um, I don't blame anybody. The only thing not working kind of to go off what Denny said is Disney Springs isn't working well right now. And I think a lot of the steps that they've been talking about are to really start to crack down on that a bit more. I think they still have a way to go. I think they need to either increase the amount of whether it's the social media or not social media, social distancing squad or security guards or heck even even police there i think i think they need to get more cast members out in the open areas because that's where they're lacking at disney springs yeah the parks Mm -hmm. are not having that problem at all and i again agree with denny the only place that didn't feel like it was really working well was world showcase and even that was it was little spots of people taking advantage but i think most people who have been coming to the parks since the beginning understand and uh, you know i don't want to give too many people like uh, categorize in this but i think most people understood that okay well when you are actively eating or drinking then you can 
you know, slip off your mask and move on from there. I, I think that it was just a very small amount of people in the parks from what we saw when we were in there that were taking advantage and going a lot, lot further with it. But, but here's, yeah, but it's, it's only once it started happening in the parks, we've been hearing these reports from Disney Springs for a while now. This isn't new, right? We've been hearing these reports at Disney's. It starts happening in the parks. I don't know what the difference was. I mean, I'm glad they're doing it again, but it's going to come down to, are they going to enforce it? If they're not going to enforce it, it's pointless to have the mandate. Pointless. Yeah. Uh, what good does it do if you're not going to enforce it? I They are enforcing. I will say from all of my six days now in theme parks or however many it's been, they are enforcing it. But the problem still to me comes down to there's just not enough cast members in common areas. They are... Every place is staffed well, but they could just use more cast members roaming around at all points in time. And I don't know how how they I, I don't know how they fix that. I don't know. I don't know if they can add more, but that's that's about it. That's the only thing I think that they need to do better with. I agree. Yeah, me too. Okay. It's a bummer. Yeah. Cause there's more people right, that are not doing it than are. Okay, so let's uh, just in the interest of time, we got to shift gears here. So we can get to some of these other stories. Let's talk about cruise line a little bit. Uh, the Center for Disease Control extended the ban on cruises leaving U.S. ports to September 30th. Now, what they've been doing is a it seems like a rolling two week type of thing. Every, every time they extend it, they're extending it by two weeks. Um, so as of right now, as of right now, no cruises are going to sail out of U.S. ports before September 30th. Um, and in a related story in in the bizarre world we're living in, uh, the Bahamas has now said they will not allow any sit, anyone from the United States in there into the Bahamas beginning today or tomorrow, beginning tomorrow, I believe, right? 22nd. What's today? Yeah. Yeah, 22nd starting tomorrow. Um, now not being allowed into the Bahamas for me is pretty much on the same level as them permanently closing stitches, great escape. Um, but, uh, it kind of, it, it, it kind of underscores the issue that we're facing here. So I'm, I'm going to tell you what I think. I have no knowledge or information to support this until a vaccine is found. There are not going to be any Disney cruise line sailings. Until a, a vaccine is found, and I believe the next Disney cruise you go on, you are going to have to show proof you have been vaccinated before you can get on the ship. I think that's the only way DCL is going to be able to operate. I would be stunned if they did anything else. I would be stunned. Um, it, it's just too risky. I don't think there are safety measures. I don't think there are cleaning measures they can take if somebody is asymptomatic and gets on that ship that's it that's game over so i don't really see at this point that happening now that being said i'm going to really thread this needle carefully that being said take a look at some of the vgt ogt and igt rates that are out there right now. There is a Florida resident VGT rate for Christmas on a seven-night cruise. I want, you, I want you to listen to that. There is a VGT rate right now. What is VGT? Uh, Veranda, sorry, Veranda Guarantee. Okay. Um, basically, basically, it's Disney saying we need to dump these rates. Mm -hmm. So we're going to guarantee you a Veranda stateroom, and we're going to do it at this low price. Uh, we're just not going to assign your stateroom until, okay, uh, uh, until like a week before the cruise. Uh, there, you can't cancel them. You have to pay them in full at the time of booking. You can't cancel them. Um, but for a seven night cruise, the week of Christmas, there is a category, at least as of last night, a category seven A. I think it was available on a VG. I don't remember what the exact, what the rate was, maybe 
somebody can look that up real quick while I'm, uh, while I'm talking. Um, but it was cheap. It's a seven night sailing over Christmas. Um, and you have these now all of October, all of November. Now I do not think those are going to sell, but in the event that you do want to play cruise roulette and book it, you at least know historically, we don't know what they're going to do moving forward, but we know historically they've been, if they cancel the cruise, 125% future cruise credit. So you're not out any money <laughs> or the, or they'll give you the option, I believe to get your money back. So, so that seven night cruise is it's a Western Caribbean and it's on the Disney fantasy leaves on the 19th of December, 5,423.18. And that is for inside stateroom. And then the veranda, the veranda one for the Florida, Florida resident rate. Are you looking at the Florida resident rate? Because I'm almost positive that was a VGT. Let me, no, let me, this actually isn't, this is just the, what I have here is just the, see the VGT was, it wasn't a Florida resident that I had though. This was just a regular, um, a well, regular even that VGT. Still, you're talking about 5,000 for a, for the fantasy isn't exactly, uh, uh isn't yeah. exactly, uh, uh crazy where the hell was it i'm sorry guys i thought let me see hold on hold on um i have 5969 for a vgt with the veranda on that seven night very merry time western caribbean on the fantasy but that's not a florida resident that's just a that was just a vgt Okay, talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to find this. <laughs> Sorry, I should have had this up. Oh, wait, no, no, here it is. Uh, 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 3.53 per person per night, category 7A. You're talking about $4,4300 out the door, taxes and port fees included, Florida resident rate. Uh, Seven, and that's wow. December 19th. December 19th, and that's a balcony stateroom. That's a veranda stateroom. It's a navigator's veranda, but it's a veranda stateroom. So, um, so yeah, no, I knew I wasn't seeing things, but think about that. $4,000-ish for a veranda stateroom uh, at, at Christmas. Um, now, what, we, what we're hearing, we don't know this for a fact, but we believe that next week, Disney Cruise Line is going to drop the remainder of the 2021 cruises. Everybody was waiting for that back in May. That's when they normally would have dropped. They didn't. Um, so for those of you interested in the Halloween or the Maritime cruises uh, next year, next fall, that should be coming up. We'll, it'll definitely be on the Diz. We'll, we'll, do, we'll do stuff So uh, when it gets announced. Go ahead, Rhino. Um, so if you were to book one that you were trying to go on this year, one of the Halloween cruises and that gets canceled and you have you, that 125% credit could be used to go on one next year, right? That is correct. I, I think that it is, was as long like as there's availability, yeah. but you're not, okay. no, here, here's the thing you know, got to remember with that cruise credit. Um, it's, you're going to pay the prevailing, you'll have that credit. So let's say you pay, uh, $2,000 mm -hmm. for your cruise and they cancel it and they give you the 25% cruise credit, which is, uh, gives you $2,500 to apply to the next cruise. And you book the exact same cruise, the exact same day, that exact same sailing the next year. Um, but it's $3,800. Well, yeah, you can apply that 2,500. You're going to have to pay the other 1300, but gotcha. so it's not guaranteeing a price. You're still going to pay whatever the prevailing rate is. Um, and obviously the lowest rates, for cruises are always, always at release, always. So even these VGTs right now and IG, these special guarantee status rooms are more expensive than they were when they released last year. So it's, but as long as, you know, the port of, you know, as long as the, the country of the Bahamas is saying, 
we're not letting any Americans in. It doesn't matter when Disney Cruise Line wants to reopen. Right. Because they're they not no going to be able I, <laughs> they certainly wouldn't be able to go to Nassau. And I wonder if that also if that if that would also apply to Castaway Key. Technically, that's under the jurisdiction of the Bahamas. Does yeah. that count too? Do they say no, you can't go there either? Are the Canadian um, ports closed too? Yes. Yes. Okay. Canadians were the first ones. They were the first ones to to do it. Because I, I was going to say, I don't know how that would affect like future Alaska sales. I mean, hopefully we'd be all better by then, but I don't know. I just, yeah. Geez. But I'm just, I again, I, I have no knowledge of this, but my guess is we're not seeing cruises until next year. Um, and when we do see cruises, you're going to have to show uh, that you've been vaccinated before they'll let you on. Either that or they're going to have these 15-minute COVID tests and every single person that wants to get on a, sh- a ship is going to have a swab shoved up their nose and 15 minutes later find out whether or not they're positive. Um, I don't see how else they can do it. I got to be honest. I don't see how else they can do it. Um, so it's, it's, it's crazy, crazy when you start thinking about it. You know, because I've said, I've said many times, if they reopen Cruise Line tomorrow, I'd be on it. And I changed my mind. I don't think I would. I think not right now. Not right now. It also seems like I know it unrelated, but also related in a way. It seems like maybe the Disney wish will keep going on since it's already started its construction point. But seems like until everything turns around that the other two ships are probably all but dead in the water. If you mm-hmm. yeah. delayed at the very least, if not scrapped completely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree because when we talk about that 30 or $40 million a day, that Disney world is losing. I don't know how much Disney cruise line is losing, but it's gotta be in that range. It's gotta be in that range. Um, that they're not sailing. So, all right, let's just do a little housekeeping before we talk about two, two other things. Um, cause we definitely want to get to that Michael Cole Glazer story. Um, because I just had a good chuckle when, when I heard that, but, um, uh, first, if you are interested in not vacationing in Orlando anymore, but moving to Orlando, Please check out movingtoorlando.com. I am an owner in that website, along with Sean Falk. Uh, We're both real estate agents. Um, We also have our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash movingtoorlando. We've been doing home tours. We do different shows on there, stuff that does not appear on the Diz Unplugged channel. So please head over there and subscribe to that. And uh, yeah, so there's that. I know there's something else I'm supposed to talk about. Magic Candle Company. Uh, the, the hand soaps. The hand soaps. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Uh, these things are unbelievable. Yeah, He's, they are. Keith, Keith is the guy who owns Magic Candle Company. This man is just he, – he's an entrepreneur's entrepreneur. I mean, uh, the genius of the – Hand sanitizers, which are still selling like hotcakes. Um, wish we didn't need them, but we do. Um, and then he comes out with the, the soaps, which are selling like hotcakes. Um, so magiccandlecompany.com, all theme park inspired uh, uh, candles, fragrance oils, soaps, uh, hand sanitizer. Uh, code DisneyInfo at checkout. DisneyInfo saves you 15%. Um, and my house is loaded, mm-hmm. loaded with these products, loaded with these products. And I pay for everything. He sends me nothing for free. I pay for everything and use the same discount code. So I put my own money in this. Um, so what else, what else do we have to mention? Um, I mean, I'll just, I'll remind people about our Patreon page, which is uh, patreon.com slash is unplugged that Pete's had a couple of solo shows go up 
uh, on there in the last uh, week or two. Um, I feel so bad. I feel so bad <laughs> because like there'll be months where I have two or three go out and then there's like a month where I don't or two. Um, so I'm trying to get better with that. I'm trying to get better with that, but I've been having yeah. fun. But it was good because, you know, you weren't on the show uh, for uh, for one or two weeks there. And then that kind of, you know, so you have you always have that in between and you can kind of hear what's going on with Pete um, in a little more of a personal setting, his fireside chats. And then um, and then, you know, like Craig's been doing his videos, his like weekly breakdown videos. Um, and then I've been doing some other stuff. And then and the brackets weekly, we have. And just to be clear, by weekly breakdown, we mean his emotional break, his weekly emotional breakdown. Oh, yeah, it's it's oh. ten minutes of Craig weeping into the camera, and it just slowly zooms in. I no, there was one. I I don't remember which week it was, but I did have like a breakdown mid uh mid video. I don't remember why, and so yeah. Was it, it the happens. Ronto raps? No. <laughs> no. Those would be tears of joy with the uh. Ronto rap. So. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, right that's now. all I have to say. Look for our breakdown breakdown website, <laughs> patreon.com slash is unplugged. All right. <laughs> um, uh, Jackie, Denny, you guys have anything you? Nope. You covered it with Magic Handle Company. So you did. Was, yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. I um I wrote an article to... today because I got some of the, the hand soaps in the mail yesterday. And so I wrote an article about it. If you guys want to see. What yeah, but I Jackie think of uses them to. The... Jackie uses them to throw at her children. Don't believe, don't believe her <laughs> fairy t- fairy dust. Uh, or, I mean, my mom uh, used to wash my articles. mouth out. <laughs> wash your mouth out with soap. You'll be you'll be t- getting a mouthful of Pirates of the Caribbean water. That's right. Yeah. Delicious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. We're not recommending that you do that. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> okay. don't. No. Don't like emailing. Look, I don't care how you use them, but they're great. They're great <laughs> products. They're great products. If you're gonna wash a kid's mouth out with soap, it's Disney. So- it's like Disney spotted <laughs> soap. So, you know, there's some magic, Timmy. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's talk about this. Uh, Michael Cole Glazer, who had been, if you don't know who he is, uh, he had been president of the Disneyland Resort from 2013 to 2018. Uh, he was replaced by Josh tomorrow before, you know, Josh, you know, Josh was there. And then 20 minutes later, he was president of Walt Disney world. And then 20 minutes after that, he becomes chairman of parks and resorts. Um, but for five years, it was Michael Cole Glazer. That was the, the, the president of the Disneyland resort. And, uh, when Josh, uh, took over that role, uh, they, um, they, they, they moved Michael Cole Glazer to the managing director of Disney Parks International. Now, I have said this on many shows uh, over the years. When you hear that word, either worldwide or international, it's the farm that they send Disney executives to run and play until they die. Um, They are put out to pasture when they go to international. Now, if they're coming up, the career chain and they start out in international, that's a whole different story. But when they go to international, they're being put out to pasture. But in this case, because this happened with, you know, Al Weiss, it happened with Mike Crofton, happened with all of them, right? They all, they send them to worldwide operations and they're never seen or heard from again. Now, in this case, Michael Cole Glazer is being shot into space, so to speak, because they have announced that uh, Cole Glazer is now uh, becoming the, uh, uh, chief executive officer of Virgin Galactic. Now, look, I'm not saying that Virgin Galactic isn't a a real thing. Um, but does anybody really think we're very close to actually shooting tourists into space? I mean, so what is this? I mean, now, didn't didn't Richard Branson just have to declare bankruptcy on like three quarters of his operation, uh, Virgin uh, 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 Virgin Atlantic, mm-hmm. Virgin Australia? Aren't aren't those in in in, in bankruptcy? <laughs> so 
does anybody think this was a move, a step up, or is this now what's happening to these people? Is that they're being not just being put into international operations, now they're being shipped off to these <laughs> like make believe companies? Um, Take this project and see what you could do with it. <laughs> well, I, I bet, you know, I bet it was lured probably with a quite a bit of money, but also, you know, it makes it look good where you're like, okay, it's going to have a Disney service level when we're shot off into space for 20 minutes and then come back or whatever. However, okay. I don't know what they're going to do, but now as a kid who grew up watching Star Trek and Star Wars and being a big science fiction fan, always dreaming about going into space, there's no way. You are getting me on one of these things to be shot into orbit. I just not going to happen. Craig, are you are you going to are, are you ready to go into orbit? I mean, I'm not the right person to answer this because I absolutely would. I just know I will never have the money to do it because of how much it <laughs> it will cost. But I absolutely I, I would. That was. That was one of my, like, I wanted to go into aerospace engineering and eventually uh, become an astronaut way, way back in the, the day. So this this is something that I am interested in. I just, I, you know, I'm never going to have a, a spare couple million dollars just laying around for uh, a trip into orbit. Well, you know, in, in fairness to the business model that both he and Elon Musk are, uh, are, are trying to develop, um, they're, you know, they're trying to scale it, right? They're trying to scale it to the point where, you know, used to cost 15, 20,000 to fly the Concorde from New York to London, um, still without outside the range of most people, but not ridiculous, not a million or $2 million a seat. The first batch, several batches of these flights are going to cost that much, but the idea is to get them to scale so that it's more accessible. Um, so if it was $10,000, correct? Not, you know, not something you have laying around, but not out of the question either. Would you do it? Oh, yeah. No, I, I would do it for a price like that. Like one of my goals one day, I don't, I have <laughs> never had any interest in actually like getting to the top of Mount Everest and scaling the top. But I would love to even make it to like base camp and just, just to be like near the mountain. And I know that costs a ridiculous amount of money and it's overcrowded and there's lots of issues with it. So I, if I would pay the money to do something like that, I would, I would also pay it to, to go up into orbit if it was, if it was reasonable enough in terms of price. Oh, actually, I'd probably pay it to put you up into orbit, um, <laughs> you know, but, th you know, what I was thinking about, too, was that why Michael Colglazer? Why? Why the president of Disneyland? That's his, you know, he's in hospitality. Um, I don't think it's about shooting rockets into space and putting people into orbit. I think it's about putting a hotel in low Earth orbit. Because that's something that they've talked about mm -hmm. as well. Um, every major hotel chain has a plan to open a hotel in low Earth orbit. Um, but to get there, you need you need a way to. So maybe that's what, maybe he's going to be the general manager of you know. Maybe the Galactic uh, Star Cruiser is going to like. It made me yeah. laugh. Someone just asked when the space restaurant is going to open up. I'm pretty sure that all of this will open up before Space 220 actually yes, opens up absolutely. at Epcot one day. Yeah. Well, you think we'll have we'll have we'll have a hotel in low Earth orbit before yeah. we have yeah. uh, that that restaurant open? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, and the thing is that restaurant's almost done. I mean, it's pretty much done. Oh yeah, it's pretty much done. I mean, you want to talk about crappy timing. Hey, we're ready to open up. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, just kidding. So, yeah, really. Um, so I, I just thought that was, I, I thought that was very, very telling. Um, I, it just makes me laugh because every time we hear they're going to, you know, international or worldwide operations or whatever they call it, because it's changed. Um, it means you, they will never be heard from again. They are just, they're put out to pasture. Um, 
it, it's happened with every one of them. It's ha- that's what was my fear of like if if Josh didn't hadn't gotten the job as uh, as chairman of Parks and Resorts that because usually after Disney World. Well, apparently now the new thing, too, is they make them president of the Disney Institute or something like that. Isn't that what they did with uh, Caligratis, George Caligratis? When Josh came in, they made him – they gave him they, they gave him this, like, this title, right? I guess they didn't want to send him to worldwide operations. They gave him this title, and they were acting like it was this big promotion. I'm like, you're putting him out to pasture. Stop it. You're putting – and that's fine. Look, the guy – you know, the guy had a long – Caligratis had a long and storied career at Disney. Man deserves to retire. Just retire him. Why is it such a thing where we have to? We can't just go right to retirement. We have to, you know, ship him off to Paris or something. Um, <laughs> to like that's because apparently that's where the Disney Executive Farm is located. It's located <laughs> somewhere outside the city of Paris. It's like a um, small vineyard. They'll go and see how wife and make profit. Yeah, you know, frolicking <laughs> in the frolicking in the fields. <laughs> Not trying to be mean. I'm not. It's just. It's hysterical to me. It's hysterical. It's just one of those things Disney does that cracks me up. Um, and I'm sure there's a much bigger and more logical reason for it. And I'm sure, you know, everybody's very happy with it or whatever. So, I'm having some fun. I thought it was funny. I thought it was funny. Um, so, do we want to spend any time talking about the attendance number for, numbers for 2019, or do we just end on a high note with Cole Glazer being shot in the space? <laughs> I think we'll just, I think we'll save that story for next week. Um, but, uh, so, yeah. all right, let's, we, we'll, unless, unless somebody has anything to share, we're going to, I'm going to wrap this up now. I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. That was, that was that, funny. It's sorry. fun to end laughing. <laughs> let's, let's end, let, yeah, let's end on Cole Glazer being shot in the space. Um, that's going to do it for our show for this week, folks. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you again next Tuesday with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Have a great week, folks. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes and wear a damn mask.